This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Lift up your hands wherever you are and just worship His name. Eternal Father, we bless you. We thank you for this wonderful privilege that you've given us again to gather at your feet and to receive your word together. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you give us this evening the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open our eyes to see and speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. You are welcome tonight or this evening. We bless the name of the Lord wherever you are watching from. Thank God for this broadcast tonight. We are going to something very, very serious this evening by the special grace of God. And um, I wanted to pay attention to God's word. We are talking about the Believer's Foundation today. And I want us to read something from Hebrews chapter 2. Whatever you are, please take your Bible and let's look, let's, let, let's study God's word together. Hebrews 2, the Bible says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest aid to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should allow them to sleep. In some other translation, it says that we should sleep away from them. We need to give earnest aid to the things that we have heard, lest we allow them to sleep. Straight away, it's good to understand that. There is nothing that you have heard that you cannot drift away from if you don't pay enough attention. And there is a reason for this. This evening, I want to try and talk to believers across the globe about separating what is important from what is not important or about understanding the foundation of our faiths. The foundation is the most important part of a building. And I want us to check something. Let's read um, Luke chapter 2. Or Luke chapter 1, sorry. There, there, there's something very wonderful there that I want us to... The Bible says, For as much as many, Luke 1, 1, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. Things most surely believed among us. This is Dr. Luke talking. There are things that are commonly believed. There are things that are, are important part of our faith that we should all understand. And those are the things that we need to give earnest heed to lest we drift away from them. Jude chapter 1, and we begin to start. Hallelujah. You will understand the why, why we are speaking this way. Jude 1, the same thing. Let's start from verse 1. Now Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Now, verse 3. Now, look at the expression of the word here. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Hey, common salvation. This is very important. Common salvation. It said that when I gave all diligence, all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Salvation 
we don't have different types of salvation. There is one salvation, common salvation. Hallelujah. Now let's move on. It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto saints. And he gave the reason. He said, for there came in certain men. Mm. Glory to God. Common salvation. So, Judas saying here, I took, he said, he said I diligently, I, I decided to put all effort together to write unto you of the common salvation and that you contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered. So, also, we have one salvation. We have one faith, not many faiths. And he said, the reason why I'm talking this way is because certain men came in and then they brought errors. It is very easy for error to be introduced into what is of God. One of the reasons why I'm sharing this with us, because we are many who are believers in this nation, it is possible that you don't understand the foundation of Christianity. We bless God for teachings on um, maybe character, wealth, all kinds of teachings, administration. The body of Christ is blessed with many things. But the most important thing is the foundation on which we stand, which is Christ and nothing else. No other thing can be the foundation. I am, you know, I'm speaking to us this evening about the Spirit of God. There are believers watching me from all over this nation and across the world from other places. We, 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 what some have understood as Christianity is the large concert that we have. Is the programs that we do. We bless God for those programs. We bless God when the anointing and the power of God is moving and prophetic words are calling, coming and there is healing. But a believer must remember there is no substitute for your personal relationship with Jesus Christ and for your personal devotion to him. That song, read your Bible, pray every day, it applies forever. Because, you know, when I, I will talk a little about when we got born again, if need be, along the line. But it is good to understand that there are so many activities going on in the body of Christ and if care is not taken, you will think that because you are active in the church, you are active in Christ. Not necessarily so. Hallelujah. Not necessarily so. You can serve in the house and not serve the king. Contend for the faith that was delivered. Why? In between the time of the delivery of, of the faith and later, things can come in. And it says certain men crept in. And I'm going to show you from the Bible. You know, it's Bible study. A very good example of when this happened in the Bible. This story will touch your hearts. I know that except you have been a student of the word, you might have never paid attention to this story before. It's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Let's read. I, I want to call your attention to this. Hallelujah. 2 Chronicles 34. This is a very powerful passage of the Bible. When Josiah was reforming the temple, and they were rebuilding the temple, telling the background story. But in verse 14, the Bible says, And they brought forth the money that was found in the house and so on. But verse 15, 
And Ikea answered and said to Shaphan and described, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Ikea delivered the book to Shaphan, and Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought it to the king. Now verse 17, And they gathered together the money that was found, so on verse 18, Then Shaphan described, told the king, saying, Ikea the priest had given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes, and the king commanded, Oh, sh- Let's stop there for a while. What? Just look at this story. They were rebuilding the temple, and as they were rebuilding the temple, they found a book. Ikea found the book, and he passed it to Shaphan. And the guy took the book to the king, and he read it. Then the king tore his clothes and began to cry. What book was this book? And what was in it that made the king to cry? I'm going to show you the origin of this book. You see, as at the time that they were reading this book, this was about 850 years after the book was written. Who wrote the book? Deuteronomy chapter 17. It's Bible study. You have to follow me. Deuteronomy 17. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Look at this. The Lord began to give them instruction on what shall become of the king. And if you start from verse 14. When you come to the land with the Lord thy God giveth thee and shall possess it. And then he said, you might say to yourself, you are going to set a king over yourself. Thou shalt in no wise set, you shall set a king over yourself that the Lord will choose among your brethren. But, verse 16, he shall not multiply horses to himself. He shall not, multi, he shall not cause the people to return to Egypt. Verse 17, neither shall he multiply wives unto himself. Now, this is very important. This is the beginning of the downfall of King Solomon. Even though God appeared to him two times and he was born by a man after God's heart, they were told from the beginning that when you set up kings, your king must not multiply wives. Listen to me. Whoever you are, you can't get away breaking the world or doing or living away from the world. God loved Solomon. He loved him so much that he sent somebody to give him a name. They called him Solomon, but God called him Jedidah. He was loved by God. But the fact remains, they were warned at the end of time. A king must not multiply wives. But he multiplied it as at that time. He looked as if he wasn't doing something wrong. But he caught up with him. When God gives an instruction and you violate it, you, it will affect you. Hallelujah. Let's read on. So the bad part is that the, the effect doesn't always show immediately. That's the bad part. That's the thing. The Bible says, And it shall come to pass. It shall be, When he seated upon the throne of his kingdom, he shall write him a copy of this law in a book, out of which was before the priests and the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read the reign all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear God. Men and brethren, pay attention here. This is powerful. They were yet to have a king here. Before the coronation or the election of the first king, God gave a word as far back as in Deuteronomy. Many years before the first king, who was King Saul, hundreds of years probably before King Saul, God said, every time, once you appoint a king, when you get to the land, they were able to get to the promised land here. 
He said, when you get to London, you appoint a king. These are the instructions. He must not have too much silver and gold. He must not have too many women. Then God said, he must use his own hand to copy from the book of the law. Who wrote the law? Moses wrote it about 850 years before they discovered the book again. So probably Moses wrote it about this time. Probably one of the moments when he was with God on the mountain. He wrote the book. And he said, God said, that let every king, don't copy the book, write from the book, and keep a book with you that you have written from the book. And God won. It must not leave you. You must meditate. Now, just look at this. So why this same book, I believe the first king copied it. The second king copied it. David, along the line, the book got missing. Men and brethren, what were what other kings, what were they reading? Other kings that came up between David, Solomon, I don't know. We are not told who lost the book. But along the line, it became a strange thing to record. Nobody was inside the book again. I want to prove to you what must have happened. Somebody probably duplicated another book. Or somebody read his own imagination into the book. Somebody refused to pick the original book to copy. They must have ordained a king. Who instead of going to the temple to copy the book, fabricated his own book. Because look at the reaction. When they got the original book and they read it, the king tore his clothes. Those words were strange to him. So what did he read when he became king? Mm. What did he read when he became king? Because they were commanded that from the idea of coronation, you must read it. So that means he read a substandard version. That's why the Bible says, content for the faith that was once delivered. Because other substandard faith can come in. Other versions, but there is only one version of the original faiths. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. That brings me to Hebrews 12. Let's read. This is, this is powerful. I'm talking to believers today. Our foundation. Oh, God. Glory to God. There are different types of believers today. Something what it takes to be a believer is to criticize everybody on Facebook and attack everybody. Something how to be a believer is just to understand some Christians only know about prosperity. Some only know about relationship. That's the only program they want to attend. When somebody is talking about seven steps to get, there's nothing wrong. I'm not like, though, you know, usually, Papa Higgins said this and I totally agree with Balance is the most difficult thing for believers to achieve. There are those who say marriage is not... No, no. I'm just saying that nowhere each thing belongs. So if you are... All you want to attend is a concert. When it's a time to be taught the word, you run away. And later you are the first to complain that a pastor, milk you, somebody did this. If you don't know the truth of the word, you shall. You will pay for it. So one way or the other. You will look for prophecy and you'll be deceived. Whose fault? Glory to God. Hallelujah. You, you, you know, <laughs> so people have different understanding and it ought not to be so of what it, may, what it means to be a Christian. You know, because of the pandemic, because of the situation in town and that churches haven't been able to meet, some 
are dried up spiritually. Because they've never been taught about sitting down with the word by yourself to pray. This is the reason. Please permit me to say and pay attention to everybody. This is the reason why over 80% of believers across the world don't go for house fellowship. Acts chapter 20 verse 20 talks about two types of churches. Paul said, I've taught you publicly and from house to house. And that scenario is in Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5. God expects a little gathering beyond the big gathering of believers sitting together where we are not using sound equipment but we are sitting down studying the world. You can take away buildings, but you can't take away this one. And this is the one that people don't like at all. It's understanding of Christianity limited to fantastic choir, fantastic auditorium. Then you are wrong. There's nothing wrong with an auditorium. Oh, I love beautiful auditorium. There's nothing wrong with wonderful choir. I have heard choir, beautiful choir. There's nothing wrong with concerts, please. Wonderful concerts. We bless you when we come together to worship. But if that is all that you understand to be the demonstration of your faith, there is a problem. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12. Let's read something from Hebrews 12. And this is very, very crucial, very important. Hebrews chapter 12. Okay. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Wherefore, Seeing that's verse one, we are surrounded. We are we also are surrounded about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin we dot easily beset us, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. See, this verse one is loaded. The Bible says that first of all, you must imagine, you must believe, you must see. That we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Then it's as a result of that. Let us lay aside every sin and wave. Have you heard messages saying that there's no sin, nobody can? Again, it's not my direction today. Let us lay aside every sin and wait. There are sins and there are weights. Now, what, look, look at what the Bible says. We are surrounded with a cloud of witnesses. You know what? I heard this from a preacher a while ago. We are not the first to run this race. Mm. Because we are not the first to run this race, no Christian or not now has the privilege of being a pioneer. None of us can be. The baton is passed to us. So we cannot introduce something new. In terms of doctrine, in terms of our faith, there is only one faith delivered once and for all. Do you get that? That's very important. That's the one in Hebrew saying now that we are combat. That means those who are finished. You know, when you watch Olympic race, oh, I love four by hundred meters. It's my best part. I don't like four by four so much because you have to run around the pit before you pass the bathing. But four by one hundred, everybody runs hundred meters and you pass the bathing. I used to run that myself. It's fantastic. And then you watch two things. It's not only your speed alone that will let you win. The way you pass the birthing, who takes it from you? You have seen very well there was time, was it Canada or America that they were leading? Then the button dropped. Because you have to be skillful in receiving and then in passing and in receiving. So at a point, somebody must begin to run when the person is getting close to you and pass the birthing. Now, 
when you pass it to somebody, your part has finished. You don't have <laughs> you don't have an influence over the race again. You can, if you are the starter, you take the first hundred meters. You can lead. Once you pass it to the second person, then it's no more in your hand. What happens? But then you are watching. You don't need to be part of the race again. You step aside. You are watching. You you have completed your own assignment. But you know what? If at the beginning, America is on lane one, France is on lane two, Nigeria is on lane three, and you are running for Nigeria, the person at the beginning to take the first hundred meter is on lane three. You can't go to any other lane if it's four by one hundred. So you stay on lane three. It's going to pass the betting to you. You don't switch lane. I don't know. I think they switch it four by four. But not four by one. Where you will stand. So you, so you cannot get the betting from somebody and introduce something new by going to another lane. So I am saying, we are not the first to run the race of Christianity. So we cannot fabricate our own type of Christianity that contradicts what people of the past have labored for. Oh, I see all kinds of doctrines coming up. If the Lord gives us grace, we'll go to doctrine. But I'm talking about understanding today of what, what people have understood to be Christianity. You know, some think that the only way to serve God is when you are... Listen to me. You can be an usher. Remember, there is a church on earth there is redeemed deeper life tram household of david covenant christian center they star but there is also the church of the firstborn registered in heaven you might be known in the church here and not be known in the church there i got born again many years back about 27 years old about when i was a very young boy in secondary school these were the things we did not have equipment and all those things but we're taught we, we love god and we're not interested in empty debate like I see on, 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 on necessary debate we serve some young people of their energy on Facebook nowadays they read a chapter and someone will come on Facebook and start fighting everybody not let pops up but love edifies one of the ways to know an immature Christian is that he learns something he rushes to Facebook and he's attacking everybody who does not agree with what he's saying even what he's saying he does not understand himself He's just trying to chance people with the little knowledge he has. Hallelujah. You see, when I was here, we saw a lot of that. The, the sad thing is that some of those people doing that, they are not even in the faith again now. Are you following what I'm saying? Hallelujah. We are surrounded. So we are not the pioneers. Oh, hallelujah. We cannot adjust the game. God has sent some people to chart the course before us. They have created the mode. They have created the way. We just have to follow the way. Because they are waiting for us to complete what they started. This is a serious responsibility. When you understand this, it confers a serious on every Christian. Apostle Paul said it in Ephesians 3. He said, for this cause, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom the whole family in heaven and on earth. He did not say families. It's one family. One family. 
in heaven and on earth. One family. In that, they were breaking bread from house to house, praying together. Little groups of prayer must return and of Bible study to the church. When I was learning under scripture union, where I got born again in secondary school, Bible study was the order of the day. We didn't like it. But there was a time I, I, I was almost a rebel. No, 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 Bible study. But later, I saw what those men saw that we did not see them. Bible study. Being able to open scriptures. Oh, what does the Bible say about righteousness? You don't go by the definition of one man who tries to draw up a definition by himself. But you consider three, five, six scriptures together. We should do something then. No matter the topic, healing, holiness, no matter the topic, we will sit down about eight people. Everybody will open the Bible. Oh, I noted this scripture. We'll discuss. I know this scripture. We'll discuss. But we said, okay, it's not like this. I noted this one. We'll discuss. And at the end, we will see that the Bible, one scripture cannot contradict another. You run off when you know one or two scriptures and believe that that is the only thing. Oh, I see that attitude on Facebook. And I feel sorry for those who are caught in this and those who are teaching them that. Hello, this is it. And then it's just, just, just one thing. A few of them are better off. Then you ask them one or two questions, then you switch up. They can't talk again. You cannot base your Christianity on the teachings of one man. It has to be on the word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Many years ago, I was doing projects in, in school and I was told to do a piece on Olomorok. That was part of my project. It wasn't a final project, but a project I was given then. So I had to go there to talk with the idol worshippers there to find out the story. Tell me. So I met the woman who was in charge there. So she, I saw she put her idols down all over. So I sat in the midst of it and we started conversing. I said, Madam, because inside me I knew what was it. The idols are nothing. But then, a sweet saying spirit came upon her. I didn't say anything about Christianity. I was just asking her, so tell us about the rock. And she said, I see you building a great church. And I said, Mama, you don't even know if I'm a Christian at all. She looked at me and she laughed. She said, what I see, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing and I'm telling you. Now, if you are the type that the word of God is not in you, your worship and shake anytime somebody gives you a prophecy. Not knowing that prophetic words are not limited to God or seen into the realm of the spirits. This is very important. Nowadays, so God is calling saints back. Foundation remains the same. The faith that Christ will talk about this maybe next week. So who is a Christian? But I'm just calling our attention to the fact that all I'm trying to establish today is that there can be variations so much that you don't know what is original again. And you can be led to Christ. You can come and join the church at the time when the definition of what is real is not the true definition. Before this king that discovered that there was something wrong with the book, other kings were enthroned and they read the wrong book. Because there were several kings before him and none found the original book. Hallelujah. 
glory to God. This is very important. Once and for all, this, the faith delivered to the saints. Once and for all. I'm going to read something to close in Mark 16. But once and for all, it's been delivered. And the Bible says, let's read on, and then we'll go to Mark. Because the race is set, because the path has been created, let us lay aside every weight. You cannot adjust the path to fit your life. You have to adjust your life to fit the path. Did you get that? This is very profound. You cannot adjust the path to fit your life. You can only adjust your life to fit the path. That's why the second instruction is there. Let us lay aside every sin and wait. So there are weights and there are sins. And the Bible says the way to trim yourself to fit perfectly into the path is that weight must go. It's very important. Weight must go. One day I was listening to, I think, Bragbiliakoni, and he talked about the fact that he was talking about weight and sin. I don't know the fullness of the message. He was talking about weight and sin. And he mentioned when they went to the airport and they told them, you know, they would tell you 23 kg and all those things. And it's amazing that people obey the rules at the airport. People find it difficult to comply with what God says. Weight are things that are not necessary. They are not, they don't, they are of no eternal value, yet we hold on to them. Too much TV can be a waste. Sincerely speaking, you see, <laughs> please pay, permit me to, to tell you this. When we were, when we got born again, we were not even being told at that time. It was not a matter of whether watching X-rated movie or not. We, we consider it too dirty. But it was even a matter of spending so much time before TV. Now, I know people made the law. They made rules and regulations out of those things. But I see a generation going completely to the other side. Nothing means anything to them. No. Anyone who wants to run with perseverance, you must. You must lay aside weights and sin and run with perseverance. Wait and sing. For those who are listening to me, some are friends. They are weights. Somehow they negatively influence how you walk with God. Oh, glory to God. There are places some go to. They are weights. They just don't help your race. Lay it aside. And then of course there are sins. I want to read something in Hebrews 13. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Jesus. Hebrews 13 verse 4. It's as straight as it is. Marriage is honorable enough in all, and bed undefiled. 
You know, <laughs> oh, glory to God. About two or three years ago, I just put a scripture on Facebook, just a scripture. I put a scripture on Facebook and I said, a simple scripture, that the Bible said I don't keep company with the one that's committed. For, and a guy came up, a pastor, popular on Facebook, and he went straight to attack me, that you are a teacher of the law. What are you talking about? And I said that. I did not even add anything to this. I just quoted, I just put a scripture up. I said, so it has gotten to a point that you are having problem with a scripture. He said, that that's not what I'm saying. I said, so what are you saying? Nothing. It was just enraged that I put up a scripture against infidelity. That's serious. In the name of hyper grace, he got angry that I was sharing that. I was not teaching. I just put up a scripture. And he came out to comment on that, that. Why are you guys teaching law? I said in the first place, I'm not even teaching anything. I just wrote a scripture on my page. And it's my page, not yours. So someone like that, we hate this scripture. But it's in the Bible. Marriage is honorable in all and bed undefiled. He said, but warmongers and adulterers, God will judge. But they said, God judges nobody. <laughs> oh, dear Lord Jesus. Anyway, I try, my, I try not to get into... Uh, amen. Glory to God. I am just saying, we cannot make our own adjustments. Glory to God. Let us lay aside. I read that scripture because for somebody watch, watching me, what we need to lay aside is fornication. Let's call it as it is. We are not afraid of telling the truth. We don't condemn people. We show you that the light inside you, when you walk in it, you will not find yourself in all these things. What is wrong is wrong. Hallelujah. You walk in bitterness. You gossip. You envy. These are sins that will pollute your spirit. These are sins. They will affect you. Because he or she that is walking in love will not be found in that arena. So it means that there is a kind of disconnect somewhere. I want to read Ephesians 5. Oh dear Lord Jesus, I have to stop. Ephesians, sorry, Galatians 5. It's a scripture that we all know very well. Maybe we'll begin from, from this place next week. Remember, the purpose of today is just to establish the fact that you might have misunderstood what Christianity is. So it is important that in foundation lay, we begin to explain again the fact that Christianity is, if any man is in Christ, it's a new creation. We are talking about people who have received eternal life. And that life will dominate. It will manifest. That life is no rules and regulation, but believe me sincerely, he that has seen him will walk as he walked. That's the truth. Those who have a revelation of righteousness, if you truly understand righteousness, which is a gift given by the Father, it will lead to right living. It's a serious, it, it, is, it is totally, it's a doctrinal error. A serious error. To say that the gift of righteousness does not translate to right living. Mm -mm. Everybody will doubt whoever tells you he has a car and is walking around day and night every day. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I have a car, but you've never seen the car. It's always trekking everywhere. And it tells you I have a car. Are you, are you hearing me today? I'm just saying, pray, pray, praise the Lord. We will talk about this. Eternal life and the effect of it. In the life of a believer. And then we'll talk about the realm of love. Where a Christian is supposed to dwell. Where you cannot retaliate. When we get there, we will see how this counsels out. Oh, sincerely speaking, I'm not picking on anybody. But I see how a lot of believers are ready to ask their enemies to die. And somebody can be well-meaning. You, you can, what I'm saying today, you might be, you might genuinely really love God, but the understanding is wrongly set. That's why we want to re-examine the foundation. I've not even started today. I'm just saying that. All I'm saying today is to let people know that you can be a member of a church, but then the understanding of being born again that you have is faulty. And when the foundation is wrong, everything you build on it is faulty. That's why I call this part one, Believer's Foundation. We have to look at it. Who is a Christian? We will get to Mark 16, 17. These signs shall follow them that believe. What do we see in those who believe? Where is the place of the fruit of the Spirit? What is eternal life? What have we come into in Christ? And why is Christ in us? What really, what happened when Jesus died and rose again and a man confesses Jesus as Lord? Now that is one. What happened? What happened? Then the second thing is, what, to what purpose? What's the reason? What's God trying to achieve? When he achieved the finished work in Christ, to what extent, to what, to what, uh, to what end? For what reason? Why did he who knew no sin become sin? To what end? And when we come to him and he imparts into us his own righteousness and we receive eternal life, to what end? It is very important we understand these things, men and brethren. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A believer in Christ, our foundation. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Do you think Christianity is all about, or somebody gives me a prophecy, this one? Do you think it's all about a garden where power is moving? That is all. Thank God for the prophetic utterance. Thank God for large gatherings. But where is the place of intimacy with God? Growing in His Word by yourself, learning to be led by the Spirit. This is very important. Those who go this way, is the, you can't be deceived. This is what I've come to share with you today. If you are out there watching me, re-examine your foundation on which you stand. What are you looking for? What's your motivation? What's your understanding of Christianity? What do you think are the things pleasing to the Father? What is the most important thing to a believer? We will start looking at this one after the other. 
but till then contend for the faith that was once delivered. Hallelujah. You know, one day I was ministering somewhere and I found myself telling Anosha that you can be in protocol. You first of all, you have to be a Christian, a spirit-filled Christian before you can actually be a spirit-filled protocol officer. Otherwise, as you help to arrange things in the church, you think that that is what it means to serve God. Yes, you are fulfilling an activity in the house of God, but it's not equal to see. If you don't understand this, you will dry up. Yes. And you are likely later to start getting angry with the church. Because you haven't met the owner of the church as you should. Oh, blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, praise to your name. We give you praise. We worship you. We adore your name. Lift up your hands and just bless him. Just bless his name. Give him all the glory. Just worship him. Magnify his name. Praise his name. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Maker. All glory to your name. In the name of Jesus Christ. I bless you in the name of the Lord. You will walk this path of righteousness. May his grace be multiplied in your life. May mercy and peace be multiplied to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord keep you. His face already shining on you. May you walk more in his ways. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation upon you. That your eyes of understanding will be further enlightened. More than ever before. To know the hope of his calling upon your life. To know the riches of his glory of his inheritance in you. And the exceeding greatness of his resurrection power towards you. I pray that your love will abound more and more in all knowledge, in all spiritual understanding, that you might approve things that are excellent and be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. That you'll be granted, rooted and grounded in love, to be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the bread, the width, and the and to know the love of God that surpasses knowledge, and to be filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.